Welcome to a great new episode of the Austin Forum Upload. I'm Jay Boisseau, the Executive Director of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society. And I'm here with my tech director, John Lockman. Say hi, John. Hey, how's it going today? And we are pleased to have Eric Suma of Dell Technologies and also on the Austin Forum Advisory Board joining us today. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Thanks for having me, Jay. So today's topic is inspired by pop culture recent events, uh, namely The Last of Us being the newest prestige TV series on HBO Max. But this time, rather than based on books like Game of Thrones, it's based on a video game. So in today's episode, we're going to talk more generally about how gaming has influenced movies and TV in the past and how and why it is doing so differently in the present. But first, I just want to ask, are you two both watching the TV show? I have. I just started. Um, I'm not I'm not 100 percent caught up, but I'm three or four episodes in. Eric, you're probably all I caught up, I bet. All caught up, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you've both played the game, I bet, too. Absolutely. I did. Yep. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, both of them. Did you play the play part one and two? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think asking Eric if he's played a video game is kind of rhetorical at this point. Eric, as a Eric, why don't you share with our listeners just a real quick bit about what you do at Dell and your interest in experience in gaming? Yeah, so uh, thanks, Jay. So I'm an experienced designer at uh, at Dell Technologies. I work in the R and D Innovation Studio, um, and one of the things that we've noticed about video games is that uh, typically. The, the things that become ubiquitous um, and, and generally consumed by people, most of that stuff has its impetus uh, in video games. And so I, uh, I absolutely love video games, even if it didn't involve my job. Um, but I think there's a lot of really interesting nuggets there that I can carry into the work that I do. Great. And John, you're a longtime gamer too, right? Yeah, just a longtime nerd and gamer, um, you know, from the days of Atari to now, I mean, we're we're still here. We're still playing. I just I just got my PSVR two um, set up and you know started playing my Horizon Zero, the Horizon VR, uh, Gran Turismo Seven. I mean, it's, it's it's life of life of gaming has changed a lot from moving blocks around and just playing simple puzzles. Yeah. Now we play simple puzzles in really high definition. <laughs> well, and, and, and we also, and also the games these days have stories, but we're going to get us in, we're going to get into that right now, in fact. So let's start with The Last of Us since it's the pop culture phenomenon. Um, it has arguably become the first game to produce a highly rated TV series. Is that true? Um, I, I'll say, uh, in my definition, it might be the second one. And the, the, the first one being The Witcher uh, series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I wasn't sure if that was highly rated. I liked it, but <laughs> <laughs> it was popular. I mean, yeah, I mean, the first <laughs> season was great. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> that's, well, that's a good point. So The, the Witcher uh, was a TV series that uh, was brought to TV just a few years ago. And The Last of Us is being brought now. Um, I'd like you to share with our listeners a little bit about why in some ways this is so surprising, like the size of the video game market has been, it's extraordinary, right? Yeah. Let me, let me drop some truth bombs on you, Jay. So, uh, 
the video game industry is roughly five times the size of the movie industry. Uh, and when we're talking about 2023, we're talking about uh, an anticipated 600 or $365 billion. Um, and to, to put that into context, when you're like, wow, that is just so much bigger than the movie industry. Um, let's take a, let's take a movie like Thor, uh, love and thunder, right? The annual budget for that, uh, for that movie was $250 million. Right. Um, and that was like a, roughly a two hour film. Uh, when you look at red dead redemption, um, the budget was, uh, roughly $370 million to $540 million. Um, and they made twice that amount in, in their first week, right? Uh, um, it when, also, once the, that game got released. It also took them like 10 years to, to produce though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's why, a good point. That's why it costs more, but that's interesting that it actually costs yeah. more than Thor Love and Thunder, Thunder, but also made substantially more money. That is right. that's amazing. Right. When you look at Bang for Your Buck, right? Um, you know, Love Love and Thunder, that was a two-hour film. Uh, when you look at Red Dead Redemption 2, that takes you roughly 55 hours to complete the main story. But if you really want to appreciate the entire, you know, all of the game missions, all the unlockables, that's 177 hours to get to 100% completion. And that's um, if you play it well, not like me, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and really that, that goes to show you kind of the scope of what we're talking about here. Modern games have amazing story, incredible attention to detail, uh, graphics, you know, real-time physics, all of that, all of that stuff um, costs time and money. And, and it really shows when they put time and attention into these games. So Eric, you, you hit on several points that I wanted to make right there that uh, for our, our listeners, and that's that modern electronic video gaming is story driven. It uses mm. real time physics and ray tracing. It uses advanced techniques to not only to have a better story and to be more compelling. So I think all of our listeners are probably familiar with, you know, Donkey Kong and games like games like that of the past and Pac-Man and sort of objective based games. You're trying to get a high score. You're trying to get to the end of a maze or something, but the, the new generation of video games is much more story oriented, right? With writers and directors. Yeah, exactly. So if we use Super Mario Brothers, a game that everyone's played, um, it has a very simple goal, right? You're always running to the right <laughs> and <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to rescue the princess, right? And, uh, and back in the day when, when games first started, um, the, and everything uh, that was, you know, a couple of engineers were responsible for every single aspect of that game, right? Um, and the graphical fidelity didn't really lend itself to really flushing out a story. So there was there was a lot of ambiguity as you were playing. Uh, and it, it was more like the comparison between art and design. So like there was so much ambiguity that gamers were left to their own devices and imaginations to try and imagine like, well, what, what are these little Goomba things? Like why, why did this like uh, mutant turtle thing uh, steal a princess, you know, like you, you kind of invented your own stories at that point, just cause you know, there yeah. was, it was just not possible. Right. Right. So um, go ahead. So we, you know, we've had video game movies in the past and the video game industry has been large for a long time, but I'm guessing the reason most of the past movies based on games have, let's say not been good 
uh, by and large is because the games themselves didn't have great stories to start with. And probably some, that's probably the major reason. And then I'm guessing the secondary reason may have been the ability to render some things and whatnot. Although we've had good computer graphics for a while now, I'd say. I, I think you're right there. The, the the early adaptions of, you know, game to TV, games to movie, it, it was like, well, hey, there's a game and that's a storyboard. Let's roll with it. Kind of, you know, as Eric was, you know, alluding to, you know, in a, Super Mario, we didn't really know where Goombas were from or why they existed or why your friend was a was a mushroom. Like what what's going on in this world? You just made it up. But, you know, that that kind of gave uh, filmmakers the freedom to just say, well, it's uh, that game was pretty popular. Let's just put that image in here and we'll make up a story. And that usually didn't work. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, this is supposed to be a fun episode today before we get back into our usual topics like AI and things like that. What were your favorite uh, early movies made out of video games? Which video games spawn movies that you think didn't suck uh, 10, 20 years ago? I think back Silence. in the day, <laughs> yeah, no, I think back in the day, I, I just loved being able to see those same games that I played uh, in a different medium and format. Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I uh, remember going to every single one of those in the movie theater. I mean, that, that was a cartoon. It was also an arcade game at the time. Uh, yeah, I mean... I loved going to see all of them, even if they were bad. I felt like uh, somewhat obligated to go and root for the <laughs> root for the games that I really loved playing uh, in the movie theater, even if they were terrible. Right, John, Resident what about Evil, you? Resident Evil at least turned into a, a, a nice line of horror films uh, and games <laughs> altogether and VR experiences. Um, so, I mean, that's that's fun. Uh, Rampage was an awful uh, adaption, <laughs> but The Rock was in it. Uh, right. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah, not even The Rock could save that movie, which is just really sad. You know, and, and the, the, the terrible adaptations go on and on, right? You got Hitman, the original Tomb Raider series, uh, Warcraft, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, and as, as John mentioned, Resident Evil, Need for Speed, Mortal Kombat, Wing Commander and uh, etc there was et a doom there was a doom film doom um, right yeah. um, the rock was also in that <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair he's he's the new michael kane he's in all movies now, so. yeah right exactly yeah. Uh, so i mean I, uh, mortal kombat was so successful they did it twice <laughs> <laughs> and you know what i actually like that one i i thought mortal kombat <laughs> i mean was it a great film no but I thought it was a reasonably good effort of taking a video game to film. I, you know, I'd go all the way back though to me. I, I remember Tron, um, the original Tr Tron one. And I actually thought that was a, a good film, possibly better than the game. Well, and back to the crossover of the mediums at Tron two, the only thing that was good out of that was the soundtrack. Soundtrack was great for that. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't go wrong with Daft Punk. <laughs> That's right. Um, we need them to get back together. I think that's the appropriate way to end the pandemic formally is for Daft Punk to get back together and put out a new <laughs> album. But we digress. Um, so we, we've we talked about how the video game industry, which even though not everybody plays video games, is still much larger than Hollywood box office and uh, purchased music uh, industries. Um, we've talked about how it's evolved from objective-based games like most points or 
getting through a maze or getting through some enemies or something to more story with directors and writers spending years perfecting this game and using better graphics techniques to make these games better. It's really kind of becoming a, a, a virtual world almost, right? I mean, games like uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, as you mentioned, 177 hours that you could spend navigating everything in the vast world they created. And you're not stuck to a track in it. You can freely wander wherever you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I think when I when I think about um, the way that video games are constructed and you know, we we've talked a lot about you know the Last of Us being a really good adaptation, and and why that might be. You know, I think that when you build the when you build a modern game, you're really building them very much the same way that you would build uh, a movie in a lot of ways, right? Um, they're built to be cinematic, um, and with the Last of Us, Naughty Dog, who's the producer of the video game, you know, has world class talent. They have a huge budget. They use cutting edge technology, um, but none of that, you know, would be helpful in making the game successful without an amazing story. Um, and that the narrative that uh, that Last of Us is built on um, is, is, again, uh, the exact same way that you would build out a movie plot um, and filmed almost exactly the same way. Um, and the, the mediums are so similar that the director of the of the video game and writer actually wrote and directed a few of the episodes of the TV show. And that's how you can, that's how you know that like those mediums are so close together that he can just hop over to a, to a completely different medium and be super successful. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a good point because the, uh, the, the Last of Us is a good one that kind of follows the film tropes at, as a part of the game. Um, and then you watch the, uh, the episodes that they've made and they, they kind of fall back and make fun of or, or poke at the elements of the game in the in the show as well. So it's such a um, a well-played crossover between the two. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. And, and as I commented to both of you earlier this week, um, okay, so I actually have played some of the game, but uh, not very well, so I don't brag about <laughs> it. But, uh, you the gotta episode, put that in your backpack, remember? Yeah, the the episode important. three was a great <laughs> expansion of something that wasn't played out mm. that much. And so that was a wonderful bit of extra storytelling in that with Nick Offerman, and I forget the other actor's name, but that was a wonderful episode and a great story within the story. So they 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 are building on the story of Last of Us as well. Right, right. Um, it was, you know, the game was very much built from the perspective of the main characters. And so you, some of that relationship um, with Bill was inferred, like, and, and it could have been easily missed, right? But it mm -hmm. was in the game. I think mm -hmm. this really just builds out the world and the characters in a more meaningful way. So it's, a, right. it's almost like an enhancement of the game where you can find more enjoyment on both. Uh, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah, it's such a good story. I mean, it, 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 you know, it, I, I like to uh, kind of compare almost to uh, like The Walking Dead, but The Walking Dead came out of a, a great comic story and was adapted okay as a film, a uh, television series. Um, I think The Last of Us takes a more believable approach to the zombie story. It gives a, it gives some sort of tangible reason for it to happen. Um, and the game gives you that sort of realism. Like you said, you're really only playing from those, 
the two main characters point of views you don't you interact with other people but the 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 same kind of theme comes back is that you're you're not really fighting the um you know the, the fungus or the zombies you're really fighting humanity all the time I, I read a great comment about that where it described walking dead as being about the walking dead the zombies the last of us is about the last of us the humans and how they degenerate and uh fight each other for their survival and and such and i think that's what makes it compelling the the fungus zombies whatever we want to call them <laughs> they don't they don't play a huge role in all the episodes uh i think episode four i think there was like one in it or maybe two uh, episode five there were scores of them but um yeah it's a uh it's, it's been interesting to watch this and i guess now i want to you know we're the austin forum on technology and society i'd like you each to riff a little bit on where you think gaming technology is going and how much is gaming technology going to influence TV and video? Not just the stories, the actual technology. Right. I, I think I had mentioned this uh, a few times as I presented at the Austin Forum, but um, video game technology and rendering um, uh, tools and engines are now being incorporated into the filmmaking process. So, um, where one had influenced the other, where movies had influenced video games, now video games are having the opportunity to, to influence the way that um, other entertainment mediums are being uh, filmed and produced. So what I mean by that is uh, there is a, um, a game engine called Unreal. It's amazing real-time uh, game engine. And uh, instead of uh, recording a bunch of characters uh, in front of a green screen and then in post-production, adding in elements and backgrounds into it and having the actors kind of feel totally out of place and, and acting, you know, kind of in a sterile environment, um, they can now use video game rendering uh, engines to render the background and, and sometimes the floors and the ceilings in real time. And so uh, it, what that does for the actors is, is they're able to act and feel like they're in the scene, they're immersed in the scene and kind of feel like they're there and kind of channel their characters uh, in a more meaningful way. Um, but uh, also for the directors, they're able to see in the camera what the background looks like, how the composition looks, and then be able to make real-time changes to those things. And uh, for an average user that's watching that, you would never ever know that it's a video game rendering that background, right? You would just assume that they were using conventional techniques. Right. But what this does is it actually speeds up production. It increases the quality of the compositions. Um, and there's really no downside to, to kind of leveraging this video game technology for, for film and movies. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think the Mandalorian, the, I know season three is just coming out now. And I think that's one of the famous ones for using a gaming engine to design a lot of the scenes in that. And it's, it seems like it's almost democratizing high-end filmmaking. So, and I don't mean the making good cameras affordable to everybody, although that's happened too, but making the tech, the computer graphics technology affordable to everybody and gaming is what drove that level of realism to an affordable price point. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the way that Unreal, the Unreal Engine is is free and available to, to anyone that wants to use it. Um, and there's a bunch of uh, like packs that you can get 
as a casual uh, user or you just want to learn about it, where you can actually create an environment uh, with with a low barrier of entry um, and and kind of uh, be able to experiment with this technology and eventually maybe incorporate it into uh, mediums such as uh, you know TV and and movies. Yeah. Um, and John, you mentioned you just got the PS2 VR headset. And I confess I ordered one too, although it's sitting over on the edge of the room in a box right now. <laughs> this weekend, I promised to set it up. But I'd like to get your thoughts, both your thoughts on on VR. And is gaming going to drive VR? And will that help VR be an enterprise success story, an education success story, a medical training success story, and so on? I can, I can imagine lots of uses for VR, but something's got to pay the bills to make it effective enough lightweight enough, uh, you know, good enough to use for extended periods of time. And it seems like that's obviously got to be gaming, right? I think gaming is always the first uh, one there because it's interactive. It's you, you, you're in it. But um, I've seen a fair amount of films over the last couple of years that have popped up through the various film festivals that are all based in VR as well. And um, so I think that's where you'll really start to see that mixed medium of, well, you know, am I, am I watching a film or am I playing a game? I don't know. Kind of like playing uncharted. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember when I'm supposed to pick up the remote. Am I watching this <laughs> or am I playing right now? Um, I think I, I see that as a big, as a big win, as it gets better. I think you'll start to see VR, uh, used more heavily too, as the collaborative space, um, for building and designing. Um, kind of like Eric was saying of the, you know, filming on set and having those backgrounds automatically generated. Um, if you can, if you can physically be in the space with your co-collaborators, uh, as you're building out your, um, your scenery or you're building out your, your gameplay, um, I, I, I see that kind of taking front stage, um, and it might not be fully VR. It might be just augmented, it might be some, uh, somewhere in between of that medium. Um, but I definitely see that as a, as a push, but again, like I said, not just for gaming, I think for, for game film, for, for that interactive media, I don't know about a social media, dare we say, but something like that, probably. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it, it's definitely a versatile, uh, medium for sure. I think back to, back to kind of the, the gaming community, I think. Gamers are more interested in in trying new technology, especially when the application is video games. They're they're definitely more open to spending more on that and trying those things out. And and what that does basically pushes the entire medium uh, forward. Right, the things that you want to go and do in video games are likely way more complex, and and the the demands of playing a game in virtual reality are likely going to exceed what you would do <laughs> in, in any other use case. Um, and so it's, it's always really interesting to see a new platform like PlayStation VR 2, where, you know, you got a bunch of people that love video games and that have a PlayStation 5 so that the amount of people that uh, that could go and purchase that is is pretty high. The barrier of entry of like, oh, I just plug this thing, this USB C thing in, and and it just works. Um, really does like lower the barrier of entry 
for these types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when we, when we look at, um, you know, uh, immersion and realism, of like, Hey, these, these video games are now getting very close to the way that, you know, uh, movies look, um, the next step to that is to actually become the character right in the, in that video game. Yes. And, and a lot of this yes. is about like, internalizing like what like these feelings that you are these characters that you yourself are right instead of having that on a a monitor or a tv you are now that character in first person right and you're feeling the feelings and those things are happening to you it seems like that is an inevitable next step to say like okay like our our video games look exactly like movies now what's the next step well it's for us to be that character right yeah, ultra realism. Uh, I, the Gran Turismo Seven in the in the VR is pretty impressive. You're, you're definitely in the car. I, I'm considering just building a chair, getting a steering wheel. You know, I mean, it looks amazing. <laughs> it's it's very cool. And I am super excited about the potential of these technologies in all kinds of positive societal ways, from training doctors to trying to understand, let's say there's an emergency situation and a building's collapse. You might be able to take the, instead of looking at blueprints to try to figure out what might've happened, you could use a simulation in some sense of, in some kind of VR to uh, estimate what you might be able to do to try to find survivors in that. Um, there's a lot of possibilities here, and but I'm, I'm very excited that, that gaming is driving these forward. Um, you know, maybe you'd rather have the societal things drive it, but, uh, but gaming <laughs> is, is doing it and it's fun. And, uh, I like what you both said that, you know, we, when you watch a movie, you kind of transport yourself as if you're part of the story, or at least I do. When you play certain video games, you're absolutely part of the story, especially in a first person shooter kind of game. But soon this will blend into a a realism in which there could be both a static version of the story that you're not influencing and a dynamic version of the story that you are able to influence in your VR implementation of that story, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, And I I think like, you know, VR technology is really progressing um, and it's going, it's definitely going in the right direction as far as you know, resolution and, and these, these new um, capacitive controllers that allow you to kind of have these natural, um, you know, kind of uh, interactions where if I want to go and grab something in real life, I can go and grab it in VR. And it kind of, those, those same types of grabbing motions um, are, uh, you know, you can kind of use them in that environment. There is some other really interesting technology that they've been putting into uh, more recent VR uh, headsets like uh, eye tracking. Yeah. Um, uh, that is that is super interesting. I know, John, you you I'm sure you've tried it out. Like um, to be able to look at something and have the system understand where you're looking and be able to react to that is is super interesting. Uh, for example, there's a game that's coming out called Switchback. Jay, you'd love this. It's a horror game. Um, so it's right, it's right, up, right your up your alley. alley. <laughs> I don't think For the everyone. listeners know how scared I am of horror movies, but thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I learned something new every day. Um, <laughs> but anyway, this, this new game that's uh, about to come out because it, um, it, because it has eye tracking in it. Um, if you get too scared and you close your eyes, it will actually 
um, generate more things to come out and scare you. <laughs> um, so it can be reactive to, to kind of your, your uh, innate responses uh, in, in a kind of a, a scary moment. Um, which which is also really interesting as you as you start to incorporate in more of these sensors, more of these ways to track your body, um, you can actually kind of enhance some of those games in a way that you just couldn't before. Yeah, I think you know gaming just continues to push all the you know everything. It pushes the technology. It pushes our our desire to want newer and crazier things, more interactive, more uh, immersive. Um, you know, it's, it's always kind of driven computing in a way too, where it's, you know, the gaming computer is the one you want. I mean, that's the good one, right? It's got all the Ram, it's got the best processors and the best graphics accelerators. Um, out of that, we always tend to get really cool things. Um, you know, I, I think out of, uh, you know, out of gaming, uh, we ended up with better AI, right? We have better processors that are suited for AI because yeah. of gaming. Um, and I think we'll continue to see things like that. I mean, little things like eye tracking, it sounds simple, like, oh, that's why couldn't we do that before? It was hard. Um, you know, now you go into the eye doctor and you do a little eye tracking thing and it boop, boop, boop in 20 seconds and you've got your, uh, you know, a much better reading of your, um, your visibility and, uh, motion and all of that. And you know, we didn't have that kind of technology before. Um, so it's, I think, you know, gaming is a, is, you know, in a way, another, another serious driver of technology, uh, you know, VR is just one of the many and then, and won't be the last. I, I totally, I totally agree with you there. Um, and eye tracking is really interesting from a gameplay perspective, but there's also some really interesting things you can do from a, a rendering perspective. You know, you mentioned how, uh, gaming has, um, accelerated some of the some of the processors and GPUs. Um, the PlayStation VR also employs something called foveated rendering, which is basically um, taking advantage of the way that your eye works, where wherever you're focused, it's very detailed. And then as you yeah. go out to your periphery uh, vision, um, it becomes less and less detailed. Um, and, and it's it's a completely natural thing that your eye does to help you really focus. And if you can track your eyes in a VR environment, you really only have to focus rendering on a very specific spot of where a person is looking. Um, what's kind of interesting around how that, that foveated rendering works is that um, in these VR environments, in order to not make you sick, you have to have between 90 and 120 frames a second. Um, and in order to render the game fast enough there are algorithms that have to anticipate where your eye is going and not where it is. Um, and so there's just a whole bunch of really interesting algorithms that are constantly going to make sure that that works as designed. And if it is working as designed, you turn on fovea to rendering and you don't see it, it means it's working, <laughs> which is also kind of interesting and funny. <laughs> I, I think this is some great final points there about how, gaming uh, and the desire to have more entertaining and more realistic games is driving the technology forward as well as adopting better storytelling. So we're seeing gaming now influence the rest of society through TV and video and whatnot through the storytelling, but it's always been pushing the boundaries of some of the technologies, GPUs, displays, headsets, things like that. So 
gaming is good and it's great that it's a it's a big business because that helps drive innovation helps drive uh the cost efficiency of things down as well so very excited about that i'm going to close with one final question what game are you two going to play this weekend um i'm 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 playing gran turismo uh 7 and um moss 2 in vr all right eric so I also just got uh, a PlayStation VR 2. So I'm going to be exploring all of the games that I just bought uh, for that. Um, so I, I got a, a kayaking game. I have uh, that Horizon game. I also have Gran Turismo 7, which is a racing simulator game. So looking forward to exploring those. Well, I'm going to try to catch up to you two, or at least make it to Boston and then Wyoming and the game Last of Us. So that's my uh, that's my weekend chore. So thank you guys for both uh, joining today and look forward to talking to you about gaming, computing, society, and more in future episodes. Thanks. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for listening to the Austin Forum Upload. You can listen to additional episodes and check out a schedule of our monthly in-person events at austinforum.org. The Upload is a production of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, a nonprofit organization here in Austin, Texas.